Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. My name is KeithStubbs.com. That's the website, by the way. The name of the podcast is Have You Met? And that's where we chit-chat with uh, people that maybe you don't know, but I know. Or maybe I don't know a lot about them, but I want to know more about them. So I learned about them in, uh, in this setting. So right now, things are weird out there. The world is weird. Everything's weird. Everything is different. I don't know what's going on. We got the coronavirus. We have the COVID-19. I don't even know if that's how you say it. I, for someone that has watched as much news as I have, I should know the name of the co- COVID. COVID? COVID? I'm going to ask my guest. He's right here. He's smarter than I am. As a matter of fact, this guy should be a scientist. I believe that he's probably one of the smartest people I know. I know other people that think they're very smart, but this guy is kind of humble and he's he's a very smart guy. He's also a very funny comedian, Alex Baluto. Alex, tell uh, all my nine listeners, which include family members, hello. Hi, I am smart. Hey, this guy's smart. So we got the let, let's get right to it. First of all, Alex Valuto, very very funny comedian, tours all over the world from the great state of Utah. But we're all going through the same thing right now. How are you holding up? And first of all, is it COVID or COVID? What what is it? Like COVID. COVID. Is it COVID? What is it? COVID. That's what I heard. It's COVID. COVID. And what did I call it just now? COVID. I think that's if you void a check together. There you go. That's a a co. There you go. Uh, So how are you holding up there, Alex Faluto? Oh, good. Just hanging out at home. Uh, I was freelancing as a writer kind of before this, and uh, that kind of dried up. So that's not good. But hopefully things will pick up after all this is over. And of course, as a comedian, the, the tour is gone. Yeah. Touring is gone right now. No touring, no shows. It's kind of rough. but And I haven't taken advantage of the free time. I need to write some more. So, so with, in my mind, I've always thought, you know what, if I had the time, if I had some time off, finally, if I had a break, there's all these things that I would do, which includes exercising. Like I'm talking about losing 20, 30 pounds, getting some of them abs, the whole thing. That is not happening at all. I'm sleeping in. I'm going to bed late. I'm watching TV a lot. I'm watching all the CNN and the Fox and the MSNBC. I'm watching all that stuff. I cannot seem to pull it together with all these things that, once again, that I thought I was going to do, I'm not doing them. How are you spending your time, Alex Valuto? I know it's depressing, huh, that like now you realize it's just that you're a person with no willpower. It wasn't the (laughs) fact that you had no time to do anything. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've I've been – I started a new regiment today. I woke up before 10 a.m., and I – showered and I put on pants and I went walking. Now, now let me ask you this. The 10 a.m. thing, was that your decision? Was that your wife's decision? Was that a mutual decision? That was my decision. Do you feel like things were getting away from you a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. 
I have a new baby. And so she wakes up with the baby and takes care of him. And then I feel like a total waste of life if I'm not up with her. But I do tend to like sleep in if I'm not, if I don't set an alarm. So she's like off taking care of the baby and I'm being a horrible husband. So before all this, you were actually, oh, you were working a job. You had a writing gig. Yeah. So you were getting up. Mm-hmm. I was. So this, this COVID has just <laughs> given everyone depression. This, we're all sleeping in at the same time. So how's this all going to play out? What do you think? What's your prediction? Because everyone, I believe, has something in their mind. They, they go, okay, this is what's happening, but this is how we're going to get through it. And this is how it's all going to roll out. What do you think the future holds for us all? Humanity. <laughs> Humanity? I don't know. Yeah. Um, no more handshakes, which is good. Hopefully yeah. no more eye contact. I have a problem with that already. So <laughs> I went walking and people are avoiding eye contact. And I'm like, this is the world I want to live in. You know, I just went on a walk through my neighborhood and there are people, I, I don't really know that many people, but the, they were keeping, it was almost, so we were walking down the street, right? Kind of the sidewalk and all that. And it was about the width of a car between everyone. I mean, people were going the other way. No one wanted anything to do with anyone else. Yeah. We're all uh, wary of each other. I don't know. I kind of like it. Socially <laughs> socially distant. And so what, just, is that what you like about Is that your style, though? Is that who you are? Uh, I don't know. I like doing stand-up, and I think that's inherently not very socially distant, but maybe it is. But there is a distance to stand-up comedy because it's pretty much, in theory, a one-way conversation. You're doing all the talking. You're telling all the jokes. You're doing your thing, and you're hoping the people in the audience are receptive to it, but it's not a dialogue. Right. Yeah, I guess improv people are having a harder time with this than (laughs) stand-up people. (laughs) Poor improv people. (laughs) So how do you see this whole thing playing out? Uh. I would think at least until the middle of May, we're going to be stuck inside. That's my guess. And and what's your plan? Do you have a plan at your house? Now you're going to get up at 10 in the morning. You're aggressive. You're working out. You're taking showers. You're going on walks. (laughs) Is this what the the next two months is going to be for you? Yeah. And I'll probably try and write some more jokes. Um Luckily, I have a dumb podcast that I have pre-taped a bunch of episodes that I need to assemble and edit and put together. So that's mostly what I've been doing. What's the podcast? My podcast is called Free Lunch with Alex Veluto. I put a, a, a ad on KSL and I say, hey, I'll buy you a free lunch if you let me interview you. And I interview whoever shows up. So do... People ever not show up? Yeah, I've gotten stood up a few times. So you so you place an ad, like a Craigslist type of an ad, but not Craigslist, it's ksl.com. Yeah. And you say, hey, I'm doing a podcast. I will buy you lunch if you'll be my guest. Is that pretty much how it yeah. works? And then they show up and I try and find out who they are and get some interesting stories out of them. And some of them are weird and some are normal most of them are normal i like make friends by the end of it how how many people respond to a typical ad and you do this what weekly or is is that the idea yeah i'm trying to i'm a little behind because it's just me editing the thing and putting it out 
but so when yeah. You a, when you run an ad, how many people respond to that? Uh, probably like seven or eight. And then there've been days where I've done multiple in a, in a day. I'm eating way too much. So you're buying them lunch and then you'll go to a, a local restaurant or a sandwich shop or whatever. Uh huh. Yeah. And then we film it on like iPhone cameras and record it and they, we eat together and I ask them about their life. Does it ever get weird in a conversation that you're having with your podcast to where you're like, this is not going to fly at all. I wish we could just do this right now. Almost like going on a date. Yeah. There's some people I'm like, this is going to take a lot of editing to make this person seem interesting. Really? Yeah. But, but it, see, see, that's not something I would respond to. Like if I saw an ad for someone saying, hey, be a guest on my podcast and come eat a sandwich with me and I don't know who you are, I would never respond to something like that. Would you respond to something like that? I probably wouldn't, but I was counting on weirdos to answer this to hopefully. Are, are you surprised that people are responding? Yeah, I kind of am. <laughs> And I notice it's mostly dudes that respond because ladies, that's a risk they're taking to go out. I've gotten a few ladies to do it, but it's way more dudes than ladies. Uh, are there, is there a certain age group that responds to your podcast? Uh, yeah, probably mid-20s to mid-30s or something. But someone of my maturity would never do something like this. <laughs> probably not you just said it yourself you wouldn't respond oh, no i would never like do that. i don't think I, I know you pretty well i don't think that would be something you would do at all but you are getting people to go along with it yeah luckily i haven't gotten murdered you can always tell there's <laughs> <laughs> there is a tension between me and the guest like <laughs> for the first little while is like are we gonna murder each other now do they pick out the restaurant uh sometimes i have a place in by where I live that has given me permission to to go tape there. So I usually go to this place called Muya. So you go in early, you set up the cameras, you set up the sound equipment, and uh-huh. then the, uh, your guest or suspect or whatever it is <laughs> shows up, you sit down, and you start recording the podcast. Yeah. And then uh, usually they're self-conscious to eat on camera. So it's yeah. just a bunch of... One person on YouTube commented, like, this whole podcast is watching food get cold. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the kind of comment you wanted? Yeah. Uh, I I just, I'll take whatever comment I can get. Got to (laughs) juice the algorithm. There you go. All right. His name is Alex Faludo. He's a comedian. He tours all over the place. How long have you been at it as far as stand-up comedy? Tell the people your story. I've been at it regularly for seven years i did do it in high school a little bit at your club yes my junior and senior years i came off and on back in west valley so you did open mic a couple times at wise guys in west valley i did it probably like 10 times total during high school did you go by yourself or did you roll in with a crew it's just by myself so you would show up and do open mic yeah, the first yourself. time I did it, my dad dropped me off at the West Valley Club and then picked me up after. What What were his thoughts as far as you doing comedy? Was he encouraging of it? Yeah, he was fine with it. He has a weird job, too. He's a comic book artist. So my family's always been cool with me chasing a, a different kind of So he does, is like it this. cartoons or comic books? or Yeah, what, comic what is books. So he's done like uh, Black Panther. He did that for a while. 
uh, Bloodshot he did, actually, that movie that just came out with Vin Diesel. He did the comic for that. Is that a comic book movie? Uh-huh. Yeah, not a lot of people know it was a, a comic book. but Oh, so it was a comic book, and now it has now Vin Diesel. it's a movie, yeah. So now they hired amazing actors like Vin uh-huh. Diesel. <laughs> yes. So your, dad, your dad's an actual, like, legit, mm-hmm. like, artist. Yeah, so he's done that all my growing up. And uh, so, yeah, I don't think they had a problem with me doing comedy since he did that weird job. Yeah, no, that's definitely a weird job. I mean, it's a cool job, but it seems just like so different, so unique. So you decided to go into stand-up comedy. And when you went to Wise Guys, when you were in high school, 17, 18 years old, how did it go? I remember it going well, but when I think back on the jokes, it couldn't have gone well. I think I did. Do you remember a- any of the material you were doing then? I, like everyone in the world, I was doing Michael Jackson jokes. Of course, yeah, you got to. Yeah. Wait, was it timely, kind of? I think so. It was during was all this that. before he died? Yeah, it was before he died. Okay. And I said that he was going through puberty in reverse. And that, was, that was the joke? <laughs> that was the joke. Yeah, you're pausing for a laugh. And so did I. And I must have gotten one, and I'm like, I'm killing. So <laughs> you felt like... You felt like- you felt like it went pretty well. Though. I felt like it went well, but it could not have gone well. I think it was just that thing when you're starting that you think you're amazing, but you really only got like two laughs from the crowd. At what point did you realize um, as you got into it that you're not as amazing as you think you are, especially at the beginning? I'm not saying that you're not great now. I'm just talking about at the beginning. I think there's a certain amount of uh, delusion, maybe. I think it takes delusion uh, to even do it, to even get on stage and go, you know what, I'm going to take, I'm going to go up on stage and I'm going to try to make these people laugh. Uh-huh. I mean, there were a few times in high school that I bombed pretty bad. I was doing jokes about like going to prom and stuff and no one cared. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, so those times I realized I wasn't as good as I thought I was. That That's an eye opener when that yeah. happens. Uh-huh. It's good though. Like you learn a lot from bombing. I didn't know that then, but now I know like you learn more from bombing sometimes than you do by doing well, but you don't want to, don't want to bomb. <laughs> well, you got to be self-aware and know I, I, one thing about being in comedy as long as I have, which is a long time, probably too long is that there are people that do not know that it's not going well and they think it's going great. And I think that, Part of, I mean, I'm very self-aware. I know when a joke is dying. I know when things are falling apart. But there are some people that have no idea. And sometimes I'm envious of them because they just plow through it. And it doesn't affect them and make them just, you know, curl up into a ball and quit. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think it, that's the key is you have to find the right balance between self-awareness and delusion because you need both of them to be good. But even to get on stage, you have to be. Yeah. Like you need legit, like I think the best, even the best comedians are still probably deluded to a certain degree, like to get up on stage or try a new joke that they don't know if it works or not. And then when they become ultimately famous, though, they have so much confidence and they can write for their voice. Then I think that's a game changer then. Because I don't think that they're, it's not such a, such a reach. Like Gary Goldman, for example, who you've worked with, who's a fantastic comic. I know yeah, that, one of my I'm sure he has jokes that don't work, but he knows who he is. He has a lot of confidence. He's had a lot of success. 
So I think he knows how to negotiate that. And maybe I take that back because when I have worked with him, he seems like ultra self-aware to the point that I'm like getting angry. Like, what are you talking about? That joke did awesome. And he didn't think it did well at all. You think he overanalyzes it? Yeah, maybe. But he's like, he's like way better than me. So he knows best, obviously. Well, so Alex Valuto, he uh, mid-May, this whole thing's going to be over. So he's going to hit the road. He's going to hit things running. Hey, when you get, so you're, as far as your podcast goes, back to that, you can't do that now because you can't go eat lunch with someone and record them. So you do have a few in the can, as they say. Yes, I have so many in the can. because How many do you have in the can? Like 15 or something. You've done this. How many have you had released? I think I've released like six or seven, but I have like 10 or 15 more. Like when we went to Rochester and did a comedy in Rochester, I did like four of them there. I put an ad on Craigslist in Rochester and met up with people. So you were in Rochester, New York. You were doing gigs there at the Uh comedy at the Carlson, right? Uh So you ran an ad in Craigslist and said, hey, I'm doing a podcast. I'll buy you lunch. Come be my guest. And you're not in the comforts of Salt Lake City or Utah County. You're in Rochester, New York. (laughs) Was it different there? It was a little different. I met with uh, two people that were blatantly high that day. Oh, really? Yeah. It was interesting. Like those days, like people immediately would confess to what they'd been arrested for. So I felt like I was a cop. So when you sat down with them, they would start telling you or did they do this? in an No, email? like I didn't pry all that much. And they would just tell me, yeah, I got arrested for like trafficking marijuana across state lines. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Did you, did you dig into a little bit? Yeah. And then I told them I was with the DEA and they freaked out. <laughs> All right. His name is Alex Faluto. So what's next for you, Alex? What's your next goal? If you could, in comedy, you always want to get to the next step. You open, you do five minutes, you do 10 minutes, you, you, you become a feature act, you start headlining. Uh, what is the next thing for you? I remember when I was first starting out in uh, forever ago, matter of fact, early nineties, it was dumb. But when I first started out in LA, the goal for most people was to get on just some kind of a national television show. That was, I think things are different now with the internet and like your goal obviously was to be on my podcast and I understand. But other than that, but I remember the goal was to be on this show called an evening at the improv, which was shot in LA and that's where I was living then. What is your, what's the next thing for you where you can feel like, okay, I'm writing material. I've got this. What's next for you? Yeah, I'd like to get some sort of TV credit. I feel like that legitimizes you as a comedian to go out and be able to tour. Like Conan is the one I'd love to do, but I'm not picky. <laughs> I have no place to be picky. So, but if, as far as a goal goes, your next step, if there was something you could accomplish, that would be on Conan. Yeah, that's what I'd want to do and get hair plugs. <laughs> I feel like that would help me out. <laughs> I don't know if that comes before or after Conan. Maybe you get do successful you think, from Conan and then get the hair plugs. So you're saying do Conan, you can all that success will allow you to spend money on plugs. Yeah. Or now do you want Joe Biden plugs? He's got some. His aren't bad. He has plugs. Yeah. Well, they must be good if I didn't notice them. Yeah. Those. Those are those. Well, now I know who I'm voting for. Yeah. <laughs> you look at some more on, pictures. 
you'll see Biden's just plugged up. Those are <laughs> legit plugs. But you'll almost wonder, do you think, you know, if I had plugs, I could get Conan? Yeah. I was really close to getting plugs. I I was single and I was convinced, like, I will not get married unless I get hair plugs. I was very, very close. I got the consultation. So you thought, they so you thought it no one would to you unless you had hair? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I was like, it's over for me unless I get hair plugs. So how'd the consultation go? <laughs> they, uh, I went in just with the attitude of like, I'm just going to do this as a joke to try and get material or something. And I left like, I'm probably going to do this. (laughs) So I'm very easily convincible, but that's, I did going. Was it Bosley? Yeah, it was Bosley. Did you do it here in Utah or did you go down to California or Vegas or where? Uh, They had the consultation in Utah and they said the plugs would take place in Denver and, uh, so you fly to Denver and then get it done there? Yeah. So and they're like, we've got one available this weekend. If you want to jump on the standby list, it's 20% off. And I'm like, mm. did, did they really send you a notification that you're on the standby list? And they'll give yeah, you, but you get some sort of standby discount if you're like on deck or something. If you take a less than ideal time slot for airplugs, you get a discount. Okay. So they're saying fly out there. So how many days would you be in Denver after you? It's an elective surgery. It's not major surgery. Like uh, it's not obviously heart surgery, but it's, I think definitely, it's like one or two days you go out. And so you'd go to Denver, you'd be there for two days. <laughs> they would do your plugs. How, how much of your scalp would they get done? Uh. Well, they said they'd just restore my hairline and then fill in the rest with a laser or with a Rogaine type stuff. So they would do like the front, like, like the front here. And then what happens? What happens to the back? (laughs) You just have a, they, you hope that the laser works or you can get it done in the middle, but I was, they were just giving me the cheapest available option. (laughs) Okay, so how much is something like that? You got to pay. So your own- just for the front, it was like eight thousand dollars, which is less than I thought it was. Really? Yeah. So it was eight grand to do just the front, and so how much? What what kind of a difference do you think that would have made on your head? <laughs> I don't know. I got married anyway, so <laughs> that's really what I wanted to do it for. <laughs> she still wanted to drop the eight grand and go do it anyway. Does it bother? No, I brought her? it up. No, she likes. She claims to like. I don't get it, but she claims to think I look good. Is she attracted to men with uh, that have her hair? I, have been I sure hope so. <laughs> because I wonder about that. Because my wife married me, but I, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that she. I mean, I think she probably took that as part of the deal. I don't think that she loved it. I don't think she was like, oh, I'm attracted to this. There had to be other things that outweighed this. There's got to be because I can't. I hear about people being attracted to that. I I don't know that I buy that entirely. Yeah. Let's hope it's our personality at least or something. Yeah. So eight grand. So they emailed you this week and said, you know what, Alex, hop on the plane. Oh, it wasn't this week. It was like the day I got the consultation. They're like, just come to Denver this weekend. Oh, they were ready to close on you. So was it eight grand off the top of, was it 20% off the top of eight grand or a top of 10 grand? To make I think it, it was off of 10 grand. Boo. So then eight grand. So how long would it take for you to get uh, 
hair. Hmm. What were they saying? How long does it take to actually for that to appear? I think you have hair, but it's like all scabby and stuff. So you got to wear the hat for a while. Okay. All right. Well, maybe it's just better to wear a hat then. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been doing. Well, I think you'll get on Conan. I think you'll get on Conan or like Colbert. You got funny stuff. You got stuff that to me, material wise, as as a somewhat of an experienced person in this biz, uh, you've got enough sets, I think, that are ready to go for late night TV because they're generally four minutes, four and a half minutes long. And you've got they're not like jokes that don't go together. They're like. They're kind of like Gary Goleman to bring him up again. He's got these topics that will run the entire set. I think you're ready for that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I hope so too. But it's not going to happen during this virus. Nope. They've said they're filming without audiences, and I was really close to being like, you need a comedian to be on your shows with no audience because I'm available. Oh, you're talking about like the Tonight Show that they're filming without an audience? Yeah, that was what they were going to do at first, but now they're just all filming from their houses. Right now, you have to throw throw out the rule book. Everything's different than it was. The whole world's different. It's scary. It's uncertain. So you just have to kind of do like what we're doing. We would never do this podcast. Two months ago, we wouldn't have done it this way. But here we are doing it, both wearing baseball caps. All right. His name is Alex Voluto. The name of the podcast is Have You Met? And now you've met Alex Voluto. Alex, how do people follow you, get a hold of you, et cetera? Uh, Instagram, it's A Veluto. There's another Alex Veluto on Instagram. Yeah, he hasn't posted in five years. So if you want to follow me and report him, um, (laughs) Twitter, I'm Alex Veluto, and Facebook, I'm Alex Veluto. Back to this other Alex Veluto. That's weird Uh to me that there's two. Um, It's just a unique name. And then where is this person? Do you know? They must be in Italy, but they haven't posted in a long time. I've messaged Have you him. reached out to him? Yeah, and he hasn't responded to me. It's like getting That's rejected by myself. That's a shame. Alex Faluda, you want to follow him on Twitter? How, how many Instagram followers do you have? Uh, just past like 3,000 or something. Nice. Yeah, not bad. Are you active on it? Yeah, I try to be. Posting clips of my hot podcast, trying to, <laughs> trying to create content. It's all about the content. I know everything is content and everything is Instagram and every right now, as far as the comedy world, there's every comic is not every, but a lot are reaching out, trying to figure out a way to get through this. And it's and a lot are going to Instagram or and they're doing zoom like we're doing right now. It's it's a tough position to be in if you're in entertainment. Do you want to do some uh, curbside delivery of comedy? Oh, uh, yeah, I thought about that. <laughs> I thought, maybe we could figure out something. The whole curbside sounds good, but I've never liked the Uber Eats. I, I always thought, who's going to eat my fries? Because I can't <laughs> drive down the road. Like if I drive through McDonald's and I get fries, I cannot drive down without picking at my fries and eating them. I don't know if you do that. When you drive through, I can't Uber imagine. Eats, they must have willpower of steel to not eat fries. I don't believe that people aren't doing that. Like if I ordered Uber Eats and someone delivered McDonald's, I cannot believe <laughs> that that dude, that greasy dude, is not picking on my fries. And that's why I would never order anything like that. I have little faith in the Uber Eats type people. Mm, I love that stuff, though. 
And it's not on, it's not a reflection of them. It's a reflection of me because I know that I could not handle the smell of McDonald's fries <laughs> in my car without partaking. Right. I just love the idea of someone else giving your food a ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's how lazy I am. I'm like, can you give my food a ride to me, please? You know, right now it's more understandable, but you realize two weeks ago, people were still doing that. And it wasn't necessary. Yeah. Oh, I was one of them. I have a DoorDash uh, subscription. Do you? How often do you get food delivery? Uh, now, like once or twice a week, and that was probably about the same. To before. See if there's something missing. Mm-mm. What do I usually get? I'm so lazy. I get like dirty sodas, which are your favorite. You love, you love the you, dirty you soda. Order like uh, what's it called? I, yeah, Zach? I order so delicious, and I get it delivered to my house. No, you don't. No, you don't. So yes. you ordered these big sodas and the styrofoam cup with like flavorings in them? Yeah, I get like three of them. I offer one to my wife. And if she doesn't take it, I put the others in the fridge. You order so delicious. How, so how much do they end up costing you? What does it cost to have it delivered? So to get no delivery free, you have to reach a minimum. And so that's why I order like three or four and some cookies. <laughs> just so oh I don't pay gosh. the delivery fee. <laughs> that, so, so that's expensive then. Yeah, I try not to do it too often, but now it's justified. I'm supporting local businesses now. That's what you are. You're, yeah, now that's, I'm a hero. Before I yes, was just are. horrible and well, wasting before my you're money. Just a slob. Now right, you're but a- now I'm I'm contributing to the economy. Now, what are we going to do? I, I see a lot of businesses they're changing their business model. Uh, because of what's going on with the virus and they're making masks and all these different things Uh to help out as a comedian, what can you do (laughs) to make a difference other than being on my podcast? What else can you do? You're supporting the local, uh, local restaurants and having uh, sodas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The response to this pandemic is really good for lazy people. It's like, we got to have you ordering food and stay home. <laughs> oh, and I'll do it for America. <laughs> He's a national treasure. He's a comedian. His name is Alex Valudo. Follow him on Instagram, but not that Alex Valudo. It's the other one. Yeah, Abe Alex, Valudo. thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. God oh, bless thanks for you. having me. And when will I see you uh, live again? It'll be a while, right? Yeah. We'll have to meet up off the record because it's illegal now, right? Yeah, no kidding. Everything's everything's illegal. So, well, take care of yourself. Best to your right. family. Thanks, you uh, too. Tune in to, to uh, the podcast. The name of the podcast is Have You Met with Keith Stubbs, and his name is Alex Faludo. Thank you so much, everybody. Be safe. God bless America, and we'll see you next time.